Real quick, sorry for about the week delay on this week's episode. We were more focused on getting our new website done this week instead of editing the podcasts. However, RPGera.com is now active. It's now our homepage. Go check it out. This episode's content's going to be a little outdated, but I still want to release it. Enjoy the show. Blood and Destroyers, an All Elite Wrestling podcast for October 6, 2021, is presented by RPGera.com. Monday, and you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. That's right, where we discuss the latest week in AEW excitement. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, Crazed Eleven, it's G Fuel Dan. <laughs> what is going on, everybody? What's going on, Brian? Uh, it's been a crazy ass day. Yeah, you lost power earlier today. Uh, we we had to move our recording sessions around, and now we're trying to squeeze it in before the evening, before you go, uh, before you go have some fun on this Sunday. I don't know; it's kind of dreary over here. You said it wasn't that bad over there, but uh, no, it's it's gonna be a shitty week for rain and storms. But today was like a gorgeous day. Yeah, we've had the rain today, and supposedly we've got some thunderstorms rolling in throughout the night, and might be some heavy storms tomorrow. So it should be interesting, but. Uh, Special shout out to Midnight Danger for the excellent intro theme to the podcast. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He's the perfect mix of 80s glam metal and those sweet, sweet synthwave tones. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. And while you do, please take a moment and do us a favor. If you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever app that you've chosen to listen to us on and leave us a quick rating and review. It really does help out in terms of search results so that our show continues to grow. Real quick, I'm going to mention this probably across all of our podcasts uh, before we get into talking about things. I obviously do want to mention the name RPG Era. It's the rebrand of Level Down Games. We've officially launched that Level Down Games and name has been retired. Leveldowngames.com will point to RPGera.com, which is now our main source of... I guess, news and home on the internet, uh, that and youtube.com forward slash RPG era. All of our socials should be rebranded to RPG era.com as well. Twitch.tv slash RPG era will exist too. Um, all of those things, you know, will be on there just like we've always have been, but in name, I don't want people to get confused ever because if you're a fan of video games and I know this is our wrestling podcast, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I'll probably go into it in further detail on the Max Level Podcast, which is her rebrand of the Level Down Games Podcast. But RPGs obviously are, are like a main staple of, of a genre in video games. But for us, even though RPGs and JRPGs are my favorite genre, so it still fits since this whole operation is is more or less, you know, started by me and I've brought everybody in, so it does fit, but it also breaks down to our three main philosophies that we kind of operate around as a brand. 
that being reviews, podcasts, and above all else, gaming. So when we put it all together, we came up with the name RPG Era because it fits in several different ways. And, you know, the wrestling podcast, Kyle's Media Files pop culture podcast, all that fits because we focus on podcasts and then, you know, we do reviews and gaming as well. So that's where the name comes from. Make sure you update your bookmarks if you do have it on there. People probably don't use bookmarks anymore, but uh, I've been having to a lot lately um, just because of, you know, working from home at an actual 40 hour a week job now and having to navigate several different systems and several different websites. I've gotten used to bookmarking things again and you know remembering how the internet actually works instead of just shortcutting things and and doing things so it's been interesting over the last two weeks but yeah rpg era that's us now but we're still blood and destroyers don't forget still blood and destroyers still an all elite wrestling podcast and we do have a lot to talk about this week as we usually always do We'll start with recapping Elevation and Dark. Not that big of shows last week. Going to Monday, September 27th. Kicking things off with Dark Elevation. There was only three matches. The the show was relatively short. Uh, Thunder Rosa defeated Kayla Sparks. Alex Reynolds, John Silver, Alan Angels, and Ten defeated Dean Alexander, Kevin Tibbs, Eric James, and TJ Crawford. And then in the main event, it was a three-on-one handicap match. Paul White defeated a trio of initials. <laughs> Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I, th- I think they should name this. I think these guys should be a trio's team, and they should call them the trio of initials. Because we have I, RSP, I like VSK, and CPA. So... Uh, But Paul White did defeat those three guys. And yeah, I mean, it was a short show. If you missed Elevation, you didn't miss anything that crazy. You didn't miss anything too spectacular because it was so short. It's probably not worth going back and seeking out. However, because it was so short, if you do have time, it's also worth checking out. So it's one of those things where you can either check it out or you don't. It's up to you because it is really short. Dark from Tuesday, the 28th last week, we had 11 matches, so a bit more, and uh, a bit more exciting. Thunder Rosa defeated Nikita Knight. Private Party defeated Carly Bravo and JDX. Kiara Hogan defeated Layla Gray. Ten defeated Brandon Gore. Cesar Bononi and Adrian Jode, I think that's how you say his last name, defeated Ryzen in Jake St. Patrick. Lance Archer defeated Arjun Singh. Ricky Starks defeated Darius Lockhart. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson defeated Adrian Alanis and Liam Gray. Julia Hart defeated Rekka Tahaka. Bear Country defeated Brick Aldridge and Jameson Ryan. And then in the main event, Matt Seidel and Dante Martin defeated QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. I picked three to go back and check out from Dark if you missed it. Uh, Ricky Starks and Darius Lockhart was actually really well done, as was Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Adrian Alanis, and Liam Gray. Love seeing Uno and Grayson in tag action as as usual. Their combos and crazy stuff that they do together. It's yeah. always good times. And then the main event, Matt Seidel and Dante Martin, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo. Uh, I like this new pairing of Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. So Yeah, uh, it get, works. Yeah, it, it does work. And I, I wonder what happened to the other Seidel. Like, I wonder what happened to uh, to Mike Seidel. 
because he just kind of faded away. He's not even been on anything, right? Like, no, I wonder if maybe he signed like a you know a, a multi match contract or something, or something just to up. kind of to kind of say he wrestled with his brother. You know, I mean, yeah, that's a possibility. Know. Maybe it's up, and maybe that's why he's with Dante Martin now, since Dante's brother Darius is still on the shelf with an injury. So. Uh, the tag team has been working. They've been enjoyable to watch together. So I Plus just it. imagine imagine how much stuff Dante is learning from Matt Seidel. You know, he's been in the game for so long. Just imagine all the, the knowledge and stuff that uh, Matt Seidel is able to teach Dante. Hopefully Matt doesn't teach Dante how to like screw up top rope moves though because Matt <laughs> yeah. Seidel has a track record of of you know slipping and, and wasn't it, did he break his leg in WWE when he like didn't he have an issue where he slipped he off the top something. rope or yeah, something and something and then his first ever appearance with AEW is shooting star <laughs> like he landed yeah. right on the rope oh, and, man. Uh, and and Dante Martin is fantastic like when he flies around the ring he doesn't yeah. miss it's he's not dude. missed yet so I don't want him to pick up on Matt Seidel hell's bad habits there so <laughs> yeah don't do that hopefully that doesn't happen but uh yeah let's jump to dynamite from rochester new york it was the first time they had been to rochester and you know they had been you know it was what almost a year and a half i think they'd said so the Avenger yeah. making his usual appearance on a podcast episode. Scott said he has yeah, to. Yeah, he's got to be there. Um, but this was initially booked for what, like March of 2020. And then because COVID happened and everything, it just had to get put off. So they moved it to September 29th. Like they said, you know, a year and a half later, this crowd was on fire and it was a nice touch. You know, they opened up the show with a tribute to Brody Lee. We kind of assumed that this entire episode would be about him and it largely was. And I think that was a nice touch. No, I agree. Yeah, because this was supposed to be, yeah, his debut was supposed to happen in front of the home crowd. Right. Had had this show taken place when Correct. it was initially supposed to back in March of last year. Brody would have debuted that night as would have Matt Hardy. They both debuted on the same night. So. Oh shit. That's right, man, man. That would have been one hell of a show because everybody thought Matt was going to be the exalted yeah, one initially. Right. Yeah. But it ended up being Brody. So, uh, yeah. And then we had a lot of, you know, references, a lot of things that we'll probably mention as we go through the recap that were done in tribute to Brody, but we'll kick things off the way they did. We had singles action, we had excellent singles action. Man, I this they always kick things off in a good way. And uh, it's nice when it's not a tag team action because a lot of times it is a tag team match. But we had Jungle Boy taking on Adam Cole in... The first time, I believe, singles action, you know, Jungle Boy, a, a more recent wrestler and Adam Cole being with WWE for the last five plus years or whatever. So it's kind of exciting now seeing some of these guys who have been indie guys and indie staples through the the late 2000s and then through the early to mid 2010s before they all started getting scooped up by WWE. Now they're getting to come in and wrestle with some of these guys like Jungle Boy, like Darby like Ricky Starks who you know just started out around the same time these guys were all scooped up so this match was good I really enjoyed this I think the uh the it lived up I I, I think they could probably do even better like I think they held back for sure for a first no, time outing no I I agree no it was 
was good. The storytelling was good. The way it ended was perfect. Um, you know, it was pretty crazy to see uh, Jungle Boy kick out of the uh, Panama um, uh, sunrise, uh, cause I wasn't expecting that. Uh, so that was really cool. Cause you thought the match was over there and then we had some shenanigans at the end of the match. So no, this, this was a great match. I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to see these two wrestle each other again for sure. Um, but no, I, uh, like, <laughs> we, it's like beating a dead horse. We say it every week, but what a great way to start off dynamite. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I like that, you know, speaking of the finish, as you mentioned with Adam Cole, kind of, was it? It was Aubrey, right? I think she was the yes, referee Aubrey, for this match. Yes, Aubrey, yeah. You know, he kind of got tied up with her in the ropes, and then Jungle Boy standing behind him, he was able to do, like, the low blow with his with his foot to where she wasn't able to see it. Um, it just keeps the, you know, the dirty, crappy yep. tactics that the, yep. that the super click is using right now. Uh, I like it. I love it. Me too. Actually. Yeah, you know, absolutely you know, love, love what's going on. Yeah, these guys are just absolute giant douchebag heels yes but they're having fun doing it i mean it's just i mean it's just it's it's so great i love it yeah it really did and um yeah because the match ended like that i mean that's clearly not the end so uh it'll be exciting when they meet again i'm sure Takeaway number two, we had an in-ring segment featuring the elite speaking of and uh brian danielson which I actually uh, thought was pretty entertaining. I guess this could have been lumped in with the same the same takeaway, but I did break it off into its own takeaway because I think it's big enough to have on its own because after Adam Cole did get the victory, you know, the elite joined in for the, the post-match stuff and um, Omega talking about his match with Brian Danielson before getting interrupted and I really like what they're doing here so I'm still not sure if we're gonna see a rematch for the title soon I don't know if it's gonna be put off until later because Danielson did make comments that you know he's gonna climb back up to get the title shot um but I but I like that he's still out there and this is still a main focus even though it may not necessarily be centered specifically around the title even though Danielson in storyline wants the title shot from uh Kenny Noballs so <laughs> <laughs> yeah the chance were the chance during this segment were like top notch oh man the crowd was great on the entire night so yeah. we had we had the debut of Kenny Noballs uh, which I assume will stick around as a chant in every city going forward. Um, it's just funny how Danielson is able to create a chant out of nowhere <laughs> and people will do it. Like yeah. he has the fans right in his hand and he's able to get them to do whatever he wants them to do. Like he mentioned he wanted to get that. You're going to get your fucking head kicked in chant going. And it's been in every single city now yes, over the last has. three weeks. <laughs> and it's and it's not an easy chant, but it's no. still there and it's still happening. And um, this version of Danielson is just it's so good. It's it's even better than uh, because Daniel Bryan in WWE was really good. Like, no, I agree. Yeah. And, and Daniel Bryan has always been really good. 
But the American Dragon, Brian Danielson in Ring of Honor, to me, was always a step above what Daniel Bryan was in WWE. To no fault of Bryan's, that was WWE's fault. But now that he's here, this version of Brian Danielson, he's back to being the American Dragon. But I think he's even better than he was now in Ring of Honor. You know, he's got more vicious, he's more... I don't want to say violent, but he is at the same time. And he just has that. Oh man, he's got that attitude now and it's working so well for his character and for him. He's getting really over with it. No, I mean, yeah, you know, WWD, uh, WWE did, you know, kind of hold him back in a sense, but I think, you know, it helped kind of get that, uh, the edge that he has now, you know, like with some of the shit that he was kind of put through, you know, he was the B list, but look how over he got in WWE, you know, the yes movement doing all that stuff. So I, I think it really proved to himself that he could, you know, cast the, you know, the Vince McMahons and stuff that were they're saying that he wasn't the superstar material. I think he showed that he was. So now he's coming to AEW. He's got that creative freedom. He's got that little bit of, He's got that edge to him, you know, where he knows, you know, he's just he's just confident in what he's doing and and it's just showing. And yes, the the crowd is just eating out of his palm. These chants, the Kenny Noball chant was just hilarious. <laughs> it's hard. I think I'm trying to think I'm trying to think if Kenny was trying to hide laughing or smiling uh, during this. I probably, thought it was him probably trying to hide laughing in all honesty. Yes. Because, yeah, he's got to try, you know, he has to try to be this, like, dick heel, and they're literally chanting Kenny Noballs at him, and I'm sure deep down inside, he's like, I can't believe these guys are chanting, or this crowd is chanting Noballs. Like, it's just, (laughs) so, I I, I love it. Yeah, this segment with, you know, with the Elite and uh, um, Brian Danielson is, uh, is great. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he should get a title shot right yet. I know the match would be great, but I, mean, I would hate to just see him get like a title match so soon. Yeah, we'll have to see where this goes. I mean, they have the upcoming, as we'll talk about when we get to the, you know, the the preview of what's happening this week on Dynamite. They have that casino ladder match for the second year anniversary of, of Dynamite on TNT. Yeah, it got like shadow dropped on us. Yeah. Yeah, we have we have a we have an upcoming seven man ladder match and we only know six. The seventh is going to be a surprise like the Joker, like they do on pay-per-views for the Casino Battle Royal. I like that they do this. I, I do like too. that. I do, too. You know, it gives us something to look forward to. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be like somebody from outside the company. It could be like it could be. I saw Buddy Murphy was teasing on Twitter that it might be him. He posted an image of like a Joker card or something like that. Oh, um, interesting. That would be cool. But it could also be someone like Adam Page. Yeah, that would make some sense. But then. But I, I mean, it, it would be awesome if it was. Oh, and, no, of course. That crowd will go nuts. Yeah. Like, the, he's got to come back eventually. He's got to be put back into a storyline somewhere. And if he's still going to get the match against Omega at full gear, well, then fuck, he's got to come back soon because full gear is about a month away. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I keep forgetting, like, my son is due right around the time that the next pay-per-view is happening. Yeah. So, unless this, as they usually do, unless the winner 
winner of the casino ladder match is going to get a title shot before the pay-per-view, which again is a month away. The winner of the casino ladder match may be the challenger for the pay-per-view. Mm, so yeah, so it might have to be Adam Page if it's going to be him. And if not, well then fuck, who else would it be? Because, I mean, the other participants in the ladder matches we found out are... Um, what? Where is it at? Where is it at? Here it is. Mox, Pac, Andrade, Archer, Cassidy, and Matt Hardy. So unless they went with like a rematch of Mox and Omega or... No, I don't think that would be smart because uh, Mox has got other things going on. Like the title isn't really his focus right now. And Pac and Orange Cassidy had the triple threat against uh, uh, Omega at Double or Nothing. Matt Hardy and Omega is not a good match for pay-per-view. No, it, it, doesn't, it wouldn't even make any sense. Lance Archer would be sick, and I think I'd get behind that, but I don't know that that's big enough for the pay-per-view. Suck, you know, shitty to say. No, because they really haven't, like, Lance Archer's kind of been on, like, the back burner a little bit. Like, I know he's had this stuff with, yeah. like, you know, but... So unless the Joker's a big name, like Adam Page... um and they win, then the only one that makes sense if the winner is going to the to pay-per-view would be Andrade. Like, I could see Andrade and Omega main eventing, especially after how good their match was at Triple Mania, and especially yeah. if they're going to continue to, you know, pursue the route of bringing in Ric Flair. Like, Andrade yeah. and Omega might be. But then you have heel v. heel. Yeah. So I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. But it's There's good. A, it's good to not know, right? Yeah. At least it's not predictable. A lot to break apart. So yeah. Uh, takeaway number three. We have tag team action. We had Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson defeating. Speaking of Matt Seidel and Dante Martin, and this match was okay. It wasn't great. Like, it did highlight and it showcased how good Dante Martin is. Like, you know, seeing him just do what he does in the ring and just, you know, typically anytime he's on Dynamite, they let him be as good as he can be. They don't hold him back. No. And I think that's awesome. And I think Lee Johnson actually looked really impressive in this match. But this match felt to me like not a dynamite match. I don't know. Like this didn't feel like a dynamite match and they need to turn Cody heel. Like I feel like that's where they're going. I mean, you can, you can definitely tell there's some issues with him and Arn, you know, Arn wanted uh, Lee Johnson to start the match. Right. And Cody started the match. So there was some Cody's uh, continuing to be defiant. He's continuing to, you know, to more or less be an asshole. And, you know, after after they did get the victory, which um, it was Lee Johnson picking up the victory for their team by pinning Dante Martin, um, there was that, you know, post-match stuff with Tony Schiavone in the ring with Cody, Lee, and Art Anderson. And, uh, dude, the crowd was just booing the shit out of Cody the entire match. Like, it's it's going to be amazing if Tony Khan sticks to his guns and doesn't turn him heel. But I have to assume that, you know, you're right. This is clearly leading toward a heel turn, especially with the way that Arn Anderson basically, you know, while Cody was trying to talk shit to Malachi Black, cut him off and was like, no, you know what? You're a loser. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you're soft. Like, I don't know what happened to you. Uh, I'm not going to coach a loser anymore and took off with Lee Johnson to the back. Yeah, it's, uh, again, the storytelling, you know, it it leaves you 
you know, where the, where the hell is this going? You know, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I feel like I'd be shocked if uh, Tony Khan doesn't, you know, kind of just read the room here and see how much, you know, the crowds have turned on uh, Cody. Uh, I feel like he's got to make a heel turn. You know, I, I feel like either whether he snaps on Lee Johnson, you know, if they have like, if they keep having these like, uh, Ooh, Cody maybe. and Lee Johnson. Cause I thought, cause Cody looked a little like Cody looked a little I, confused isn't the word, but I, like Lee Johnson got like, it did like a blind tag and like Cody wasn't expecting Surprised, it or something. And that's right. Yeah. Like a little and that's how Lee Johnson got the pinfall, you know? So maybe he's going to start getting like jealous or something. And he's, I feel like maybe he could just snap during one of these matches or something and just beat the shit out of Lee Johnson. And that's, that would be his heel turn. Yeah. That's a possibility. Because it's right. It, this was just a weird tag match to have. Like it was no right, the whole. Like just, I said, it didn't feel like a dynamite match. Right, exactly. It just felt like it was like all right. Let's you know we threw two tag teams out there, um, and the, you know the, the the focus was Cody. So maybe you know we 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 get another Cody and Lee Johnson tag match. I, I feel like that's kind of where we're gonna go. Is that he's gonna that's what he's just gonna snap on Lee Johnson or get jealous of Lee Johnson. And just like I said, beat the shit out of him, and then that's that'll be the full turn. That's when everybody will just be booing him because he, he, I mean, he gets booed, but he snaps and beats the shit out of Lee Johnson, or maybe gives a freaking Arn Anderson a uh, punch or something. That's really gonna put him over for heel. Did you happen to catch uh, Roads to the Top after Dynamite? No, we have it recorded. I, I have not got around to watching it yet. It's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, th- it's I good. wanted to give it a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I think I could get behind it. Obviously, <laughs> and Brandy was out there for the match this time. She as was. Well. Yep. Yep. Um, Brandy is a little much sometimes, and you know. Yeah. She, I mean, you you kind of yeah yeah. She's a little much on the show sometimes, but getting to see the behind the scenes aspect of how everything is working in AEW because. You know, while this show is focused on Cody's life and Brandy's life and, you know, in the first episode, which was an hour long, um, I, I think the other episodes are probably going to be a half hour. I can't assume each one will be an hour, but um, the the episodes are going to be more focused on, like, you know, their family life and baby life eventually. But a large portion of the show is their day-to-day operations of AEW. And, you know, in this episode, you got to see, like, at the baby shower, Brandy was sitting there with... Uh, Chelsea Green, um, Jade Cargill, Anna Jay was there and, you know, they're all just sitting at the table talking and it's like we, you know, you see this backstage stuff through BTE and through Sammy's log and through, you know, I started watching 2.0's the show uh, this week as well on Sunday mornings. Um, I keep I keep continuously adding more and more content from AEW that they're not even producing on their own. Like it's their own, you know, wrestlers producing content at this point, but it's still entertaining and fun to watch. Um, it's good. I, I, I think that I think I will stick with it. And I like seeing the, you know, the different stuff because yeah. it's it's a different side of the backstage stuff that we're not seeing on BTE and that we're not seeing on these vlogs because, you know, the the you're getting to go into meetings with Brandy about, you know, being the chief brand officer and seeing people that necessarily aren't working in AEW like Chelsea Green. You know, she doesn't work there, but she okay. was at the baby shower. Okay. So 
It's kind of cool. I like okay, it. Okay, cool. Good. I, good. Good to hear that. I'm Okay, then I'm excited to watch it. Maybe we'll get it knocked out here. Uh, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's a good show. I mean, okay, good. you know, I probably would never watch it live. Um, easily skip through the commercials, that kind of stuff. And of course. Knock it, knock it out quick. Okay, cool. Uh, Takeaway number four, we had trios action. And, and this one didn't feel like a dynamite match to me either. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it was about these middle segments here. But we had Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, and Darby Allen defeating Bear Country and Anthony Green. And Anthony Green obviously has been um, being utilized more recently on Dark and Elevation. Uh, he's a recent release from the NXT batch. He's got a good look. Get, you know, stash, decently talented. Man. Yeah, that's good look. <laughs> got a good look. He's uh. decently talented. I, I think he's got a future. But. This match, I just, I wasn't digging this match either. Like, no, it, just, I, I, it felt weird. It was another weird feeling match to me. Y- yeah, it it didn't it didn't last long, right? Like, no. it, it it was relatively on the short side of things. A lot of star power, right? You had Darby, Mox, Kingston, Sting, technically on one side of the ring, and then the other side of the ring, you have people that. A lot of people aren't familiar with Bear Country and Anthony Green. So this felt like it should have been on Elevation, felt like it could have been on Dark. I mean, even Rampage is stretching it like this just felt like an an easy Elevation match to me. Like, you know, a a main event of that to send the crowd home happy because they got to see Darby Allen and Sting out there. So, yeah, that's what it felt like. It felt like it was. Yeah. We we needed a match just to get Moxley, Kingston and, and Darby to say that they showed up that night for the show or something. Thing, you know yeah that it just yeah it was a weird match yeah and i mean hopefully that's not a sign of things to come for mox because you know he has been so hot lately in this you know feud of battling random people from new japan and just going on these hardcore crazy style matches uh hopefully he gets set up for something big for the pay-per-view i i hope he does because there were rumors of that tanahashi match initially um, you know, I, I hope that's where something like this is heading, but I hope we don't see another filler match like this again. Cause that kind of sucked. <laughs> it, no, it does. It kind of kills the flow, you know? Yeah, it did. But things got picked back up because takeaway number five, we had a massive, oh, massive yeah. what was it, 16 man tag <laughs> yeah. team action. Yeah. We had the entire Dark Order. We had Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Colt Cabana, John Silver, Alan, Alex Reynolds, Alan Angels, and 10, plus Orange Cassidy, taking on the entire Hardy family office Matt Hardy, Private Party, TH2, The Butcher, The Blade, and Jorah Joel. So four. Six, seven, eight. Yeah, so yeah. sixteen. Yeah, yeah 16. sixteen. I was right. I was right. <laughs> Just sounds crazy to say a sixteen man tag match. Absolutely insane. But when you think about it, this entire match was one giant tribute to Brody Lee. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It, it was really cool. Yeah. The way that it was booked, the way that, you know, they had Amanda Huber, you know, Brody's wife, the way they had Negative One, Anna Jay, Ty Conti, like they all kind of came out there to make sure that the Dark Order not, you know, didn't go their separate ways because Uno, Stu, and... Colt did try to, you know, break away from the other four, but it was Amanda Huber who more or less seemed to unify the Dark Order in an episode where we were wondering if Bray Wyatt was going to debut and maybe be the thing that would be the unification of the Dark Order once again. Uh, the episode was Bray Wyattless. He was not there. Uh, I saw rumors today floating around again that, you know, Impact is still hoping to get him to sign. Impact wants Braun too, so... Um, 
We'll have to see. We'll have to yeah. see. No, nothing set in stone. Of I course. think rumors just got carried away. Yeah, I of think course, they do. I think he's yeah. still under that 90-day non-compete. He probably is until the end of October, like we initially thought he was going to be. I think it's up on October 28th. So, um, you know, the, the soonest we could see him anywhere would be the first week of November, which, you know, would be awesome if he shows up in AEW, or that'd be cool if he shows up in Impact. But I think, you know, people just speculating because of Rochester and the ties to Brody things just got carried away of People course, started, yeah. you know assuming that he was just going to be there and it wasn't possible because of the 90 day don't compete so um but this match was fun like I said it was it was crazy obviously when you have 16 guys you're not going to see a lot of certain things so it was just a big spot fest it was just meant to be a tribute style match um I wonder if that'll be it I wonder if the Dark Order will now be a unit once again because of the, you know, assistance from Negative One and Amanda Huber who hadn't been seen in quite some time. Like, will that be the unification? Will it be Will it be done now for them? You know what I mean? Like, will they be back on the same page? Hmm, I guess, yeah, it's possible because, yeah, it was in Rochester. You know, they used those two to kind of, hey, guys, you know, we're here for a bigger thing. So, yeah, that, that, that would work. That would work. Hmm. I didn't think of it that way. That, yeah, we could be done. It wasn't just a one and done, like, for the night. Yeah, like, that could have been the unification. So we'll have to see how they uh, how they choose to handle it. And, um, yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Next up, we had, what are we talking? Takeaway number six. We had uh, women's action, tag team action, actually. We had uh, TJ, Ty Conti, and Anna Jay taking on the Bunny and Penelope Ford. And I made a comment last week on the show that, you know, maybe this was just going to be like a, a one-off program and it wasn't leading toward women's tag team titles or women's tag team division or anything like that. But then Penelope Ford and the Bunny had matching gear. And then Ty Conti and Anna <laughs> Jay had matching gear, plus a theme song. So I really don't know what's happening. Yeah. It, it was could be. It could be leading toward a women's tag division at this point. I just don't know. Yeah, it, it was it was weird to see them both kind of have matching outfits, and then yeah, uh, take uh, uh, Conti and Anna J have a uh, a new song. So um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is the start of them, you know, seeing maybe throwing filler out there. You know, maybe they're gonna see if this is something that can stick, and maybe uh, if this is something that can work. Uh, and maybe they can help build because I know they have a you know it seems like they have such a hard time trying to get some of these women matches uh, into some of the shows uh, which is unfortunate because you know it's just becoming so stacked and so is the male roster so I, I totally get it um, but and you know, I kind of like know, where they're maybe, going with this. maybe spread out across all their shows you know with the two that are on YouTube Dark and Elevation and then Rampage and Dynamite if they do you know introduce the TBS title for the women if they do introduce inevitably a tag division it would get more of them on tv because you know you could have because they try to balance things out right so dynamite at most only ever has two women segments out of out of the night because again there's more men than women right now correct but 
they could do like a women's tag segment, which would get four or five or six girls on at one time, and then maybe do something centered around the build up to something for the AEW women's title. And then on Rampage, they do something for the TBS title. You know what I mean? So it would be a way to, instead of seeing anywhere from three to five of their massive stacked women's roster at one point on on a given week, we go to seeing maybe seven to ten, which would be awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. So Yeah, I'm all for that. Either way, this was a fun match. Um, it wasn't spectacular, but it was it was full of energy, especially from from Ty Conti and Anna Jay. Uh, I, I really like how impressive Anna Jay has looked since coming back from injury. I honestly think she's super young too. Like, if you remember when she debuted back during the like the pandemic era when she was that magician gimmick or whatever before she yes. got pulled into the yeah. dark order. Um. She's super young. She's really, really young. I can't remember exactly how old she is. I guess I could fact check right now as I'm talking about it. She is 23 years old. So, okay. and then Ty Conti is like 25 or 26 or something like that. So, 26. Um, but Anna J, she was really green when she started. And you can just see that through the last like year plus or whatever she's put in so much work and i really feel like she will be one of the biggest success stories for a homegrown female talent for AEW like she's going to be really impressive in a couple of years and is inevitably a future women's champion no i agree like you said she's 23 so i mean she's got quite a few years ahead of her and she's already really good like you said she's she's come so far from her debut um and just i think being in the dark order uh, has really you know really helped when Brody lee brought her in um I, I think that really helped her um so now i you know it sucks because she had so much momentum going and then she got hurt um so it was very unfortunate she, you know she had to kind of step away but it's nice for her to kind of come back in and it feels like she really hasn't lost a step she's over with the fans you know she's loved by them so no the, she's got a bright future i'm excited to see where she goes yeah i mean there's no doubt she's going to be a AEW women's champion at some point uh in this uh in her run so i yeah i'm along for the ride i love it her and conti together have been great um yeah there's uh, so much promise man so much promise in the women's division uh which is just crazy because of just how decimated with injuries and stuff they were and you know we had talked about it um in prior episodes and it, it's it's now it's nice you know we've got stratlander back you know, she had a title match against uh, Britt Baker. You know, she's got healthy. It's it's nice to finally start seeing and come in, and now these these women can have these matches and build these chemistries and build these storylines, and it's 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 awesome. Like, I almost wonder, I almost wonder with just how much AEW shows we have, I wonder if they would do, like, an all-women's show, like, one hour out of the week. It doesn't necessarily have to be on TV. They could utilize YouTube, but I wonder— As they did with the women's type, like, the tournament. Like, they utilize yes, YouTube yeah. a lot for that. Yeah, I wonder if that's something that's been kicked around or if that's something, you know, if we do get like a women's tag division or something that we can maybe have a one hour show on, on some day of the week where it's just, you know, it's just a women's show because I think there's so much talent there that, that can really be showcased. Well, they don't have anything on Thursdays, so. There we go. Done. Book it. <laughs> <laughs> they need to have something on Thursdays, too. <laughs> do it. Uh, um, It seems like Penelope might be a member of 
the Hardy family office now? Uh, like, yeah, I it don't. Was, it was alluded to on commentary that she might be. So I don't know what's going on there. And Kip is running around outside of the buildings with a box on his head. <laughs> Completely changed his gimmick up. So They really have. I feel like when Kip comes back, he's not going to be with Penelope. So putting her with the bunny makes sure that, you know, for right now, she doesn't kind of get lost in that shuffle. Um, Kip's been doing some cool things. I don't know if you saw, like, people have been posting, like, whenever they're at a building, he stands outside with a box on his head. Yes. And yeah. just, like, stays out there the entire time. Yeah, not doing anything. Insane. No, not, not doing at all. anything. But he just stands out there, will sit, interact with, like, birds and shit. He'll sign autographs, but he doesn't sign his name. He writes random stuff. It's a super interesting thing that they're doing with him right now. He'll write like random words. He'll he'll draw pictures, um, but he doesn't talk. He just wears a box over his head that says what to say underrated or overrated or something like that. So um, it's a cool gimmick and I can't wait until it starts popping up on camera because right yeah. now it's just kind of like not on TV. So no, some like will fans be. have shot photos and posted it, you know, uh, yeah, that's they're, they're kinda... doing it just for the live crowds and the fans yep. right now, but eventually, you know, it's going to migrate to TV. Oh, so I 100%. I can't wait to see what it ends up being. Um, but oh, oh yeah. Leo rush also. I think it was announced around this time that he had. It uh, was, yeah, because we thought he was done. Like, wasn't he retiring? He showed up, so. and we thought so. Yeah, there was a there was a promo that he was back. Tony Khan keeps calling him. He said so, and then like ten minutes later, they had a gimmick or uh, an image up on Twitter of him being all elite. So uh, apparently, he is back, and that's not a bad thing because Leo no. Rush is a good wrestler. Yeah, and he's good on the mic. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, takeaway number seven, we had an in-ring segment between MJF and Darby Allen. And it seems like maybe now, you know, with, with the program between MJF and Pillman seemingly done, they had to have something else for MJF to do. And poor Darby got picked. And now we're going <laughs> to learn about Darby's uncle or something that passed away in a in a car accident when he was young. It feels like anybody that has something that happened to them, be careful. Because if you're in a program with MJF, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be used. It is. Not it's maliciously. You know, no. it's it's not with malicious intent. I'm sure it was cleared beforehand. Like, hey, is it okay if we do this? And Darby's probably like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like... You know, if somebody, okay, say I'm in the ring, somehow I get super lucky and I get into AEW and MJF is ripping me apart on the mic, which could happen one day. Maybe MJF comes on the show and he's ripping me apart. There's a chance that MJF is able to use the the passing of my mom and dad. I could see that being the case and I would be okay with it. Like, I would understand it wasn't with malicious intent. It was for storyline purposes. It's not really how you feel. So, like, if you sit there and tell me, oh, yeah, blah, 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 you know, something about my dad that passed away. Okay, but that's for storyline purposes. Like, I'm not going to get mad at you, the person, because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm almost positive that, you know, uh, MJF either talked with Darby or Tony Khan and, you know, kind of said what was going to go on and there was an okay there. I don't see MJF just bringing this stuff up without well, right because I like to, I like to mention that. I like to mention that because a lot of their work is unscripted. But I think certain things are clearly either, you know, cleared ahead of time or discussed ahead of time or something like that. 
No, I I think you know when there's a program that's going to start up. I'm you know I I I don't know how backstage works, but I'm assuming that Tony Khan you know goes up to whatever too and, and kind of you know pitches them an idea or whatever. Think about this, you know, and, and allows them to kind of put their own twist on it. I'm assuming MJF and you know Darby sat down and kind of talked about this and that, and who knows, maybe Darby offered him some info to use. You know, I, I mean, mean, I'm sure he, he probably did because right? I mean MJF doesn't know everything about everybody right so no he's gotta be he's gotta be like what could i use to get Correct. heat in this yeah. promo yeah and that's just what they came up with so uh either way i thought the intensity and the storytelling between these two guys was top notch and if this is leading toward a match between mjf and darby at full gear i am 100 on board uh no so i no i am too um just the promos that MJF cuts is just ridiculous. Uh, I don't think Darby, he's all right on the mic. I don't think he's great on the mic. So it'll be curious to see exactly but how that's why he's, he's with Sting. Curry, exactly. Exactly. So it'll be curious to see how this goes as far in the promo category. But in the ring, I mean, this is going to be some freaking five star. I mean, Sting and MJF could have some awesome back and forth shit during this program, too. I No, I 100% feel that, that at some point, yeah, there's going to be a, some Sting and some MJF talk. So, and Wardlow, no, still that hidden factor back there. So He is, yeah. I mean, when is that going to... When is, I don't know. There's just, yeah, there's a lot of what ifs and I'm, I'm for the right. Cause I think Darby Allen and MJF could put on some great, great matches. Yeah. And you know, these two guys being pillars really of, of the AEW roster before a lot of the influx of talents. Correct. Coming in, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see them being put in a program right now. Yeah, so 100%. I like that. I like that. Our final takeaway, takeaway number eight, was for the AEW TNT title, Miro defending against Sammy Guevara, and I was shocked at the outcome of this match. Fantastic match. I thought Miro and Sammy Guevara, probably match of the night, right? I think this probably did beat Jungle Boy and Adam Cole earlier on in terms of my overall enjoyment of this match. Sammy Guevara has been on fire lately, um, but so is Miro. Yeah, man. You you know, we were were wondering, when is Miro going to lose that title? And turns out, turns out it was now because we have a new TNT champion. And Sammy Guevara. And I'm okay with that. Like, I like shock. I like this, though. I like like shock. I like shock. Absolutely. And, you know, that just shows that nobody is unbeatable, right? Like, everybody has bad days. You can catch anybody off guard. And that's what Sammy Guevara did here with Miro. Miro was kind of like, you know, uh, going crazy and ripping off all the turnbuckles toward the end of the match. Fuego del Sol was trying to get involved, but Miro was making sure that wasn't going to happen. And he kept ripping off turnbuckles and that just kind of led to his own downfall. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the way they did this. It made sense. And yeah, like I said, anybody can have an off day. I feel like that's the story they were trying to tell here. Sammy overcoming the odds, overcoming the redeemer and someone who's just been completely on Unstoppable. And now we have to see, like, what do they do, right? Now that Sammy's the TNT champion, we already know interesting things are happening because there's a title match that we'll talk about here briefly on Dynamite with somebody that's not even part of AEW yet. So probably will be soon. And 
now that Miro's lost the TNT title, I mean, we were, we were speculating that he would be next in line potentially after a face captures the title from Kenny Omega. But that was when we assumed he was going to be TNT champion probably for another couple months. Yeah. Now what happens? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, uh, yeah, this this was a great match. Absolute shocker. Uh, I can't believe Guevara got the uh, delivered the GTH to Miro. I know he tried earlier in the match. It's like, there's no way. There's no way he's going to do this. And he pulled it off. Uh, and then, yeah, followed up with a 6.30 cents on. Um, yeah, completely shocked. Me and the wife looked at each other like, holy shit, did that just happen? So I, I love the shock factor. I love that they did this. Um, yeah, and we, I, almost, I, we almost should have seen it coming. I, sometimes it feels like that after the fact, right? We're like, huh, yeah, that makes sense now. We almost should have seen it coming on an episode that was from Rochester that was dedicated to Brody Lee, who is oftentimes regarded within the company as the greatest TNT t- uh, champion. They had the TNT, or, um, yeah, they had the TNT title main eventing. I'm not surprised after the fact that the title changed hands. Because if you think about it, we were super shocked when Brody kicked the shit out of Cody and won it in just a couple minutes. Yeah, that was shocking as well. You're absolutely right. So it doesn't surprise me here that they do something similar on an episode dedicated to him. No, I, I, yeah, uh, I guess once the shock factor does wear off, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I get, you know, the TNT belts, the night that we were having, um... Totally get it, but uh, yeah, I don't know what's next for Mira. Where does he go? Yeah, because he he's, still... cl- he's clearly not going to go into a program against Kenny Omega. No, so... it wouldn't make any sense. No, so I don't know. I have no idea. It'll be interesting to see. We'll have to wait and find out. It will, yeah. Uh, but that'll take us to our star rating for Dynamite this week. It was an okay show. It started really strong with Cole and Jungle Boy, ended really strong with Guevara and Miro, and then obviously the in-ring segment with MJF and Darby right before that. Everything else in the middle outside of the tribute stuff to uh, to Brody Lee kind of floundered for me, though. Like, it was just okay Nothing was spectacular. Uh, I'm going to go three stars for Dynamite this week. I'm, I'm sitting here holding up my fingers on what my match rating was, see if we were going to uh, come together. And yes, uh, I give it a three. Come together. Right now. Uh, yes, three. <laughs> yes, I give it a three star as well. Yeah, that's about right for this Dynamite. That's about right for this Dynamite. Uh, But then we'll move ahead to Rampage. We got a couple more matches to talk about. Also from Rochester, New York. Kicking things off strong. Brian Danielson taking on one half of the Young Bucks. Nick Jackson. Incredible match, dude. (laughs) I'm so excited that Danielson is able to wrestle these guys again and put on matches like this again. And this was the, this was like Nick Jackson is the right Jackson to put in there with Danielson first. Like Matt's great and Matt is fucking awesome to watch, but Nick is spectacular. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I, I, he's got more swag to him or something. There's something about Nick that just, I mean, they both, Nick and He's Nick, oozing with that. Uh, he, he's got that, like, uh, what, what was it, Ray's? He's oozing with machismo, man. Yeah. Man, Ramon. Yeah. Throwing the toothpick. He's got that. Yeah. He's got hey, that. yo. He's got that, just, man, he's got that vibe. He's got that. He does. I agree. Yeah, you're right. I don't know he's if just it's got the, a lot of yeah. swag right now. Yeah. Um, he just doesn't give a fuck doing crazy shit with his hair, crazy shit with his beard, and everything he's doing is working. 
at least in my opinion. No, no, it is. Uh, it 100% is. And yeah, to be able to kick Rampage off with a singles match against um, Brian Danielson. Yeah, this uh, a, a great way, a great match, great way to kick off Rampage. Um, yeah, I, I just, Danielson's just, you know, having fun wrestling these guys. Um, you know, Nick, like you said, he's walking around with that swag. I think just, you know, these, these, the friends coming in, you know, Adam Cole coming in, these guys coming in is just giving these guys just confidence and just, you know, it's just a happy workplace, man. It's a happy work environment. And this is what you get out of people. Everybody's happy. Everybody's rooting for everybody. You know, nobody, there's no egos. At least it doesn't feel like there's no egos in that locker room. Everybody is literally, it's an AEW brand everybody is in it and it just it's matches like this that show you that uh that it's everybody's in and you just put out great fucking matches with um with danielson winning again with the cattle mutilation i I feel like that's probably his finishing move now at this point outside of the uh you know the the kicks and everything that he normally does but um I wonder if we're going to see him have a match now against Matt. I assume he will. I would assume so as well. Maybe a match against Cole at some point. Um, you know, he'll probably work his way through the elite. And I don't know if he'll wrestle like Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson. I don't know if we'll get that in depth. I was wondering but, if we were going to get like a dumb match where it's going to be him versus like Cutler or something. Well, see, that's the one I thought we would get first. Right. But yeah, exactly. Like a throwaway match. They started off with Omega and then they gave us Nick Jackson. So... I assume we'll get Matt Jackson. I assume we'll get Adam Cole. But I I have a feeling it's all just going to be done leading up to Danielson really trying to leverage that rematch against Kenny Omega. So um, we'll see. I I, I really don't know. I feel like that there's still a possibility it is Omega and Danielson at full gear. Like, I still think that's possible. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Takeaway number two. We had triple threat, no disqualification women's action. This was fun. We had Jade Cargill defeating Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa to remain undefeated. The female Goldberg of AEW. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's way better than Goldberg. Yeah, please don't compare to Goldberg. (laughs) She's way better than Goldberg. I love Jade Cargill. Like, I can't say that enough. I put in Discord, I wanted Thunder Rosa, obviously, like, Thunder Rosa's so over, and one of my favorites within AEW right now in terms of the the female division, so obviously I was rooting for her, but if it wasn't her, I wanted Jade Cargill to win this match, because she has such a unique look, she's so good, Um, her hair is fantastic, like, she's just got it all, man, and I like that they're letting her have this undefeated streak, I do. Uh, I do too, Um, she's definitely grown on me, wasn't sure at first, um, but now that we've kind of got some like backstage segments with her and we've got to really see her uh start to wrestle some like actual uh named female wrestlers you know because she was having some squash matches against you know just random people so it's kind of nice to get her in there and really start building up you know showing that the wins are actually meaning something but no right now she's beating nyla rose now she yeah i mean hell yeah yeah that's thunder rosa technically like um and she pinned Thunder Rosa, right? Like, because uh, she hit her with the the chair like a crap ton of times and then was able to get the victory that way. And I like that this match had that no disqualification stipulation because 
there really wasn't anything of importance here. Like this match kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like we like, oh damn, they're doing a triple threat, no DQ match. But why, right? Like there really wasn't a reason for this match. There wasn't anything at stake for the winner of this match. But all three girls made it feel like there was a title at stake. Like you felt like something big was at stake here. They brought out all the, you know, the Nyla Rose went through a table. Like they, you, you know, yeah. they. That was a crazy spot. They made sure that the fans and people watching were entertained. And it was really fucking good. No, it was. Yeah, having Nyla Rose go through the table uh, off the uh, edge of the ring uh, was insane. I can't imagine that felt too good. Um, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It was kind of like, why are we having this match? But th- no, I, I enjoyed this match. It's helping, again, build that... that uh, uh, record of Jay Cargill, and uh, at some point, I mean, are we going to get Britt Baker and Jay Cargill? I think so. I just don't know when. Like, I'm already thinking now, who does Britt go against at full gear? Because with Thunder Rosa technically losing in this match, I mean, I guess... I guess she could make her way back up within enough time, but... But you could also put the TBS belt on Jade. You could. You know, you that way you don't have to, because I don't, I'm not run ready. that. She could dominate that. 100%. For a yeah. 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 Like that's a, that's a, that's a total possibility. Cause I'm not ready for Baker to lose the belt yet. I mean, I'm not either, but I'm curious who she's got, because does she go against Ruby again at full gear? I, that doesn't make sense. Ruby, 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 Soho. So I, I really don't know. Song. Me too. Um, it's good. Yeah, I don't know. But again, this is the great thing, right? We have no fucking idea. We yeah. get to speculate. And, and sometimes things just come out of nowhere. Like programs, yeah, and I'm fine programs with that. come out of nowhere that are only a couple weeks long, but they are awesome. So I don't care. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. This match was great for it just being like just kind of there. It was like, okay, shit. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Our third and final takeaway from Rampage was a hair versus hair match. We had Orange Cassidy taking on Jack Evans from the heavens who lost his hair. Makes me sad. (laughs) Poor Jack Evans. I mean, Orange Cassidy wasn't losing this match. Nobody in their right fucking mind thought Orange Cassidy was going to lose this match. We're clearly building up to an Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy hair versus hair match. Um, I have to assume Matt Hardy's going bald, too. Like, that that has to be where this is leading toward. It will be. That'd just be so weird. I wonder why. Well, they pro- he probably wanted to change. He probably wants to change it up. You know what I mean? He probably is ready to do something different. And this is their idea. This is the where it came from. I don't know. I pre- I could be wrong, but um. Either way, this was an entertaining match. I mean, you knew it was going to have some shenanigans going on. You knew the Hardy family office was going to try to get involved. You knew that best friends would be out there. You did not know that the entire Dark Order would also be out there. But there were a lot of people involved in the ringside. But either way, poor Jack Evans. He was left high and dry. By yes, he was. <laughs> Matt Hardy screwed him. By, by the Hardy family office <laughs> and by Matt. They're like, fuck it, let's just go. And on Twitter after, Matt's like, you needed a haircut anyway, Jack. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love that they're, st- that, you know, they're still able to, like, carry it on. Like, after the match, they're still able to, like, use social media to still... You know, they're not just using it to promote their merch or promote stuff. They're literally going on there and still, like, communicating and, like, 
doing the storyline through social media. So that was great. Yeah. After the match to see Matt Hardy tweet that, uh, just fucking hilarious. I saw a picture of Jack Evans and the butcher standing side by side after they had shaved the top of Evans's head. And he had like the hair kind of like the butcher left over off the sides <laughs> in the back. And they took a picture standing next to each other. <laughs> oh man. That's just, that's too funny. But you have to assume Jack Evans is going to be pissed now. So, uh, right, in, in yeah. terms of storylines and, and went on camera. So, I'm curious to see if there will be any tension now between him and Angelico, or more specifically, maybe TH2 in the Hardy family office. Will Angelico side with Evans? Because he kind of did go back up the ramp, too. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. But either no, way, there's a, there's a lot that could happen here. Yeah. Either way, Evans is bald now. I assume we're going to get another hair versus hair match at the pay-per-view coming up next month. And because this was Rochester and it was still the same night technically as Dynamite, ending the show with the Dark Order out there, I guess that made sense, right? Like, you well, get they, it, yeah, they did you the get it Brody, at the end. Yeah, we got the Brody Jr. hug. Right, and then they end this show with a massive hug with him in the middle. Like, good way to send the crowd home happy. Good way to end the show in Rochester. Um, And and a pretty good Rampage. I enjoyed it. It's sad to see the ratings for Rampage continuing to get lower and lower. Like, I think this was the lowest rated one, and, and the ratings keep getting lower every single week. They're trying to fix that by putting high-profile matches like Danielson and Nick Jackson on on Rampage, but I just don't think it matters. On a Friday night at 10 o'clock, that is a death time slot. It is. You could put Danielson and Omega every single Friday in an Iron Man match, and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> It would still struggle to get more than a million viewers. But what could they do? Could they move it to a different day? I think they would have to move it to a different time slot. Fridays are yeah, fine. But I know, but are they going to want to go against SmackDown? Because right now, that, in my opinion, is the better show out of SmackDown and Raw. I mean, SmackDown is by far the number one show for WWE. It's the only one that's even remotely yeah. worth watching. But that could change now that the draft is in place. I mean, you know, depending on who they move around, it's there's a reason why SmackDown is so good, because it's the guys that are on there correct um i guess if they wanted to I, I i just don't know i mean saturdays maybe but saturdays are a tough day too like if it's gonna be taped more often than not it theoretically shouldn't matter so i don't know but i i think they're gonna struggle with this 10 o'clock time slot i do no like, i agree i agree I, I think they'll be lucky to stay above five hundred thousand on an average basis not saying that's terrible and i mean if tnt's happy with that then fuck awesome let's be happy exactly with it. yeah Exactly. I'm not complaining about the ratings because I'm enjoying the content. I'm just sad that more people also are enjoying the content because I think it's great. And I think it's worthy of, you know, two, three million viewers like SmackDown is. So No, I agree. I, I love Rampage. The one hour just seems to, it's a good sweet spot. Um, and it, I have fairly enjoyed, I think all of rampages so far. Same thing with dynamite. Like that's, that's worth a two or 3 million rating each time too. Like the shows are just so much better than what they actually get. And I don't know why more people aren't tuning in. I don't know why. Star rating for Rampage this week, though. I'm going to go four out of five stars. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I was holding fingers up here. Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm going four as well. Short and sweet like a certain YouTube series. Four out of five stars. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, just perfect. Short and sweet. There you go. Speaking of, go check out Dan's latest uh, short and sweet YouTube video. You can catch that. It's, what'd you do? Strawberry... Uh, 
was it strawberry, strawberry slushy? slushy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you enjoyed that one. I watched that one. You like yeah, that? Yeah, I uh, I was surprised because the few of the other like ice flavors I wasn't a fan of. And uh, you, you, I, I mean, you kind of had a couple back to back. You were a big fan of the orange one too, right? That orange vibe, dude. That hit me hard, man. That was delicious. If you love dreamsicles, go check out my video. And then yeah, go pick yourself up a tub. I want to go. I need to go try to find the can, um, uh, of orange vibe because I bet that's probably freaking delicious. Nice Ooh, little dreamsicle I wonder if they taste. have it at the sheets down the street. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. To, Go I, if I guess. Yeah. Let me know. Cause then I'll go. make a drive to my sheets. <laughs> might have to check. Yeah. Cause sheets for me is way closer than it is for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to, you yeah. have to drive a bit. You have to drive a yeah. bit. About an hour. I got an email. Speaking of, speaking of, of G fuel. I wonder if it's still available. They had the, uh, the collector's box of the Miami nights. And I actually, yeah, it's still available, actually. It's still on their website. It's, it's pineapple. It's just, it's ter- turning me away. It's, what is it? Strawberry, coconut, and pineapple. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm not a big pineapple fan. I think I would like it, but I think I'm just more interested in the fucking artwork of the, <laughs> yeah, of the G Fuel right tub and, the, and yeah. the cup. Like, that's more yeah. why I want it. I think I probably would hate the taste, too, but I really, really want that design. <laughs> I like coconut and strawberry. I just don't know. It's just that pineapple scares me. Yeah, I need some more G Fuels. I, I am definitely uh, running low, and um, I just don't have the money to, to restock right now. Like, I want to pick up the Flavor Bomb because I'm getting low on the classified that I have, and I want the pink lemonade because it's back. And it's reskinned. Yeah. yeah, it is. They've really I'm I'm waiting for the cotton candy. They need to reskin the cotton candy and come back out with it. They do it in the packs and it's got like a new formula. So I really want to try the new cotton candy. Oh, but we're not sponsored by G Fuel yet. We're we not, need to take a look yet. <laughs> at what's happening this week in AEW land. Uh Dynamite from Philadelphia. I imagine this crowd is gonna be great. Like Chicago oh, is, is an awesome, yeah. awesome city, but I'm hoping that a lot of the ECW faithful turn out for this show. I'm really, really hoping that they do. Yeah, and I wonder if they'll may try to make like a like a. I wonder if they'll try to make it like a little more like ECW feeling. You know, Maybe we get a little more Taz out there or something. Will the Joker? Be somebody with ECW ties? Didn't even think about that. Holy shit, it could be. Hmm. Rob Van Dam. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, I guess it, that would get you a pop, but that would uh, fucking be awesome, dude. Oh, he would get no, a huge I mean, pop. Get a huge pop, but he wouldn't win. I mean, no, it'd be awesome though. No, anybody, if anybody is the Joker that has ties to ECW, they're not winning. Like, Co- correct? Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. If it's the Sandman, he's not winning. If it's Sabu, he's not winning. If it's Shane Douglas, fuck, Shane Douglas could win. That would be <laughs> awesome. What does Shane Douglas look like in 2021? Shane Douglas 2021. Does he look good in 2021? I don't know if these how up to date these photos are. Let me look on his Twitter. I mean, it doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look terrible for, for 2021 standards. I think it'd be interesting to see Shane Douglas in AEW just once. Just once. I mean, just give me not? Shane Fuck Douglas it, yeah. once. Yeah, Do just it. give me him once. He's, he's 56. He's got one more match left in him. Give me a Shane Douglas match in AEW. <laughs> 
Uh, but what do we actually have on Dynamite this week? We have Hikaru Shida going for win number 50. She'll have to go through Serena Deeb to get that. I assume Shida's winning, though, right? Like, they wouldn't be promoting her 50th if she wasn't going to actually get it here. It would be incredible if she didn't. But um, I assume that Shida gets her 50th victory here and will be the first woman, yeah. to, uh, or, or, or woman, I don't know why I said that plural, to cross <laughs> the 50-win mark because... Jungle Boy and I think like one or two other people in in the men's division have already crossed the 50 win mark as well. Uh, We have eight man tag team action. We have Brian Danielson, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus and Christian Cage taking on the super click. Kenny Omega, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. This should be fun. It's going to be a hell of a match. Yeah. Yeah. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, The TNT title will be on the line. Sammy Guevara defends against the debuting Bobby Fish. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I saw Fish. Yeah, Fish tweeted out and said something about kicking down the forbidden door. And I was like, oh, shit. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, this is going to happen. So pretty damn cool. Bobby Fish is awesome. Like, yeah, he was you never really got to see it in NXT because he was always the older one of the undisputed era like you know he he had a couple years on on adam cole and kyle o'reilly and uh roderick strong bobby fish is 44 like he's not super young so it's cool that he's getting a run in AEW, and i saw rumors that he might already actually even be signed to to a contract for AEW. so oh shit um, that's exciting and kind of cool that, you know, he gets to reunite with Adam Cole there as well. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. But this should be a good match. And then of course we have the casino ladder match as well with the winner receiving a future AEW world heavyweight title shot. Already mentioned the participants earlier, but we'll do so again. John Moxley, Puck, Andrade Alidolo, Lance Archer, Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, and a Joker card. Who will it be? We have no idea. No idea. Probably won't be Bray Wyatt. Obviously, like I said, he's still got about a month or so to go on his non-compete. It's either going to be Adam Page. I don't think it'd be Leo Rush. That doesn't make sense. Not after. No. It could have been if they didn't announce him Correct. last if week. We exactly. Yeah. But because we did, it won't be him. It's either Adam Page. Somebody with ties to ECW. That's the second obvious. Or. Or maybe it's me. Maybe it's fucking me. Maybe I've been training in wrestling. Maybe I've been training at Flatbacks Wrestling School. What if that's what you've been doing instead of streaming over the last month? Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't Tune know. in. Graves 11. The Joker <laughs> card. <laughs> you I would, would shit your pants. I would be. That'd you be amazing. Your pants? That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I think it'd be amazing if it was Buddy Murphy. I think it'd be amazing yeah, if it was Buddy Murphy. Yeah, that would be Murphy. cool. That would be cool. We'll see. I'm excited. Dynamite should be fun this week because it's a two-year anniversary, so it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be special. And then Rampage taped after, obviously, as well, also from Philadelphia, but they have not yet announced anything for Rampage this week, so... Uh, we don't know. No idea. Maybe we'll have a Shane Douglas match on Rampage. We could get an entire ECW night on Rampage because Rampage is at 10 o'clock. They can tow the line a little bit. They Maybe could, they, Let's yeah. just fucking bring them all in. Let's bring hey, the, the Sandman, Sabu. Uh, let's not bring in Tommy Dreamer right now. He's got some some heat against him. Uh, we could bring in Bubba. Let's bring in Bubba Ray. Let's oh, bring we in. Could get, we could get a Bubba sighting. Bully Ray could be the Joker card. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I could see that. He could be, and you know what? Bully Ray and Kenny Omega could be a big enough match. Oh shit! To to promote, it could be. It could be, especially if Bully came in as a face, which he would in Philadelphia. You don't know, possible. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, a lot of potential. 
yeah, a lot of potential this week. Should be exciting. But Dan, I think it's time we get out of here. What do you say? It is. It's time to hot tag out of here and go watch a movie with my wife. What are you watching? I think we're going to watch A Quiet Place 2. It's something we've wanted to watch. Okay. And we just haven't got around to doing it. Anyone interested, go check out the media files that Kyle did on The Quiet Place yeah. 2 uh, a couple months ago. So I haven't seen that yet myself, but I do want to. Yeah, the first one was awesome. So First one was great. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed the first one. So I imagine the second one's good too. But yeah, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all elite wrestling podcast made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. Theme song of the week. Last week, Dan, you went with Men of the Year, but this week it is my choice. And you went with the tag team. I'm going with the tag team. Let's go with TJ. Yeah. Let's go with their theme because it's pretty it. fucking good. And I have a feeling Kenny Omega had something to do with this theme. You'll have a you'll you'll probably get that too when you listen to it. We're gonna close out with their new theme music. Now hit the music. Tai J. Fight!